For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. The Philadelphia 76ers select Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Here comes Simmons between the legs. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the New Slant Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Newbeck, and this week, our podcast being brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. So thank you to all those guys, for guys and gals, I should say, for keeping our lights on. With me as he is every week, this time with the benefit of being down the shore and preparing for a, uh, a Walt Disney World summer, my buddy, my pal, Seamus Clancy. Seamus, how is the, uh, the beach, if you've gotten to enjoy it at all yet? have not gotten to the beach just drove down here literally got here 40 minutes ago ate a couple of slices of pizza now i'm really really ready to talk disney world might hear a dog bark or two in the background but that just adds character to the podcast listen that's you're getting the uncut raw of the uh kyle and seamus late gems. may have you, you did you see uncut gems in theaters i actually literally just watched oh. it for the first time last night all right so spoilers alert i saw it in theaters and i really liked it so just skip like 90 seconds if you if you haven't seen the moon and you're planning on it what'd you think uh, i enjoyed it a lot it I was, was it was very tense like it there's just a lot of anxiety, anxiety throughout the whole yes. movie it's one of those like so i would have hated it if it was a tv show because there's no real break in tension and i find that makes for good movie. bad tv but for a movie i enjoyed it it's like just over two hours of constant tension and you know that was enough uh i i thought adam sandler was good i don't know that he deserved the uh there's a lot of people who are behind him for like oscar, oscar bids Buzz. and things um i don't know if i would go that far but i enjoyed him in that role and i thought overall it was a uh strong movie so i i would recommend it if you have a netflix subscription go check that out julia fox is uh is something she she's a she's, fox all right she's, she's a fox uh <laughs> And my last comment is that is I'm sad that someone made a movie about the 2012 Eastern Conference semifinals and it wasn't me. You know, it, it's amazing. I, I was just thinking watching that movie, how that team managed to go seven games with that Celtics. <laughs> they it made a movie no about sense. Spencer Hawes. It makes absolutely no sense. Yes, yeah, Spencer Hawes is heavily involved in one of the key plots of the movie which is unbelievable thrillers of 2019 uh okay so yeah we we don't need to do a a scene by scene breakdown of uncut gems but i would i would recommend it on the uh on the current day present day sixers front uh this week the state of new jersey where seamus is currently uh the governor phil murphy announced that restrictions 
for professional sports teams were being lifted within the state. And so what that means in practical terms is that the Sixers can go back to practice, as can the Flyers. Obviously, this is not a hockey podcast. Uh, So the Sixers, starting today, Wednesday, uh, are back in the gym for, not for practices yet, but for individual workouts. There are still lots of restrictions in place. So now these guys have time to, you know, begin to get in shape, get some shots up, because a lot of these guys do not have baskets in their homes because they live in Ben Simmons definitely does not have a basket in his home. Well, I will say, I believe Ben Simmons may have moved to a house shortly before all this started, or maybe right at the beginning of quarantine period. So he might, he might have a hoop at his house. A lot of guys do not though. So whether he would use it, as you point out, Seamus is fair to ask. I'm really Uh, excited for loser of the week. Just, just, I want everyone to listen through because it's going to be a good loser of the week. <laughs> it will be a good loser of the week. I'm scrolling Twitter and I keep seeing a lot about it. So. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, so practice is not here yet, but workouts are. And all that is eventually going to lead to the resumption of the season, which obviously we have talked about over the past few weeks on the podcast. But I think now there are some concrete ideas that are rising to the surface, being reported on, even you know some informed speculation from different outlets. Uh, I think one of the more prominent ones right now is the idea that they may just seed one through sixteen and throw out the conferences, which you know that's something that has been popular amongst people who care way too much about basketball for a long time. I say that as someone who does care. People that, are much too online. Basketball. people that are too online on basketball Twitter have been clamoring for this for a while and i was you know i've been a fan of it before i think it's the most fair obviously i didn't necessarily want to implement it as a big sixers fan because it, it is the eastern conference and has been for the past 25 years so so the funny part about the one through 16 seeding as it stands right now is that the sixers would play the same exact team regardless of how they <laughs> How they seeded it, and they would get a nice meeting with the familiar Boston Celtics. Um, I guess before we get into like any kind of individual matchups, you're in favor of this idea generally, Seamus, not just yeah. this season, but also... Yeah, Sixers uh, agnostic. I'm a fan of the 1-16 through 16, uh, conference realignment, where you have the different conferences for scheduling and for voting for the All-Star team just because of travel, but when it comes to the postseason... You know, it's not fair that the Mavericks are better than, I don't know, who like the, the Magic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess my issue, so I, I, I'm not against it from a long-term perspective. I, I think the, the conference imbalance has been severe enough and over a long enough period of time that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to stand by the Eastern Conference and rewarding some of these teams for their performances after you know, this is like multiple decades now of of one conference being significantly better than the other. I guess my issue with it this season is that I, I think it's I am kind of opposed to the idea of changing formats generally midstream. Like, yeah, maybe conference imbalance is a bad thing and we can all agree on that. We can look at the historical data, but you still came into this season playing as if that was what mattered. And so that changes 
the motivation for teams that changes, you know, like whether guys are resting, whether guys are doing this, whether guys are doing that. It's just like a totally different season if it plays out that way. And so I, I think it's kind of cheap to just say, well, you know, we're going to like change things midstream and do this totally differently. I'm not, I would like to see eventually going one to 16, regardless of conference and throwing all that out. Because as you pointed out, Seamus, we are far removed from the days where these guys are, you know, flying with regular Joe Schmoes on flights. They're on private jets. They have great hotel accommodations. Yeah, Bob Ryan sitting next to Larry Bird on flights. <laughs> so they don't have to worry about that stuff anymore, especially in a remote environment as they're probably going to play in for the playoffs this year. But just from a competitive standpoint, I don't like the idea of, you know, dramatically changing things. They already have to make all these changes for you know like a, a neutral site instead of teams having home court advantage and, and altering the league in that way so I, I think anything beyond that is a bridge too far for me i mean if we're already getting crazy with it let's just keep getting crazy with it and we'll talk about that later with maybe an even a bolder concept but i don't know it's, the thing is to me is that there were several teams still in the playoff hunt in the West that could conceivably have made the playoffs. And again, you could just say, well, well, tough shit. You should have just been in the eighth seed to begin with. But, you know, I don't really want to watch the, the Magic in the playoffs in a playoff game. I'd much rather watch the Magic. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather watch oh, these, I agree with West, you. these other teams uh, in there instead. But I don't know. Like, look, uh, uh, would I rather watch Zion and the Pelicans exactly, over yeah. Mark Fultz and the Orlando Magic? 100% without a doubt. It's not even close. But, you know, it, in the NBA, the whole thing is you play the 82 games, so that this, uh, theoretically anyway, so that the teams that best pace themselves and perform the best over that period get advantages and disadvantages if they fail to perform and i don't it feels like you're letting you're by changing the stakes and the format this late it feels like oh yeah you know we just kind of want to warp this how we want to and that's kind of anti competition to me like you don't want to be changing things midstream uh, that's kind of, i guess that's kind of a boomer take yeah you sound and, like a and, strict constitutionalist <laughs> well it's funny because like in other sports, like for example, in baseball, I think the lack of willingness to embrace the DH is ridiculous. Yeah, it's I think dumb it's the shit. dumbest fucking thing. Dumbest shit. That's, ever. I want I want old washed up players that I loved like six or seven years ago on the Phillies smashing dingers. Right. And I don't like my argument is the same reason essentially that I don't watch college basketball or college sports, I should say. I watch college basketball for prospects. But I don't watch college sports a lot because I don't want to see an inferior version of the product. Like college football is interesting in that you see a lot of different styles, but NFL players are better. Same thing for the NBA and college basketball. The NBA players are just better. And so if I can watch a baseball game where I have to choose between a team that can just send its nine best hitters up or a team that the ninth guy in the lineup for the first six or so innings of the game is a guy who doesn't really practice hitting and actively sucks at it. Well, I think that's kind of an easy choice for me. So 
I I I get but it. Then wouldn't your <laughs> argument be that you'd want more entertaining teams in there because you want more entertaining players in there in the MLB? So wouldn't you rather watch uh, Zion and Luca than Mark Fultz? Yeah. Again, I'm conceding that I would rather watch teams that will probably get left okay. out. I just think as I don't like it as a mid-season late addition to what they're doing i guess if that makes sense i gotcha um well so here's the other like, i don't agree but like yeah obviously. I, I, get, I get what you're saying yeah it, again i i understand people who feel differently and you know we we you're got boring, into the it's fine. we got into the idea of a possible asterisk on the season or a champion last asterisk over here Right, I am too, but I think that is also opening it up to asterisk talk, like any major change to the format. I, it's not going to matter to me either way. Whoever wins, wins, and that's they played under the circumstances that they were handed. Obviously, this is not something anybody could have really planned for, especially professional athletes who are creatures of habit and routine. But I, I think you'll see a lot more people who want to discredit any kind of title winner if they don't win it in a fashion that is that resembles champions who came before them. Yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be their fault they didn't uh, hold the Utah Jazz to fifty four points in a finals game and didn't play the Indiana Pacers and the Knicks and, and the Browns before them. So here's a question: since or Sixers Celtics is would happen under either format. They are currently matched up for a playoff matchup in the East, or they would still be the, I think it's the five twelve matchup in uh, the one through sixteen seating, something like that. Am, am I remembering that correctly, Shane? You're, you're correct. They would be the uh, the three six or the five twelve. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that. Obviously, does not this does not impact the Sixers in this way. Sixers are fucked either way. But would you care as a fan if we went one through sixteen and the possibility of all these old and historic rivalries just get kind of thrown out the window for the sake of getting the best teams in every year? See, like, I think rivalries change and rivalries are so not necessarily dependent on teams and history as much as they are dependent on players uh, in the sense that, you know, what was the best rivalry of the last handful of the years in the NBA? It was, it was Cavaliers versus the Warriors. It was LeBron yeah. versus Steph and then eventually LeBron versus Steph and KD. It, you know, they didn't face each other until the finals. And, you know, I think it's just so homogenized now in the way stars are the league more so than the players that it doesn't really affect me. You're going to find entertaining narratives. These players know each other so well. The league is so, you know, brand conscious and does a fantastic job marketing themselves. The players do that all throughout social media and interact with one another and talk shit on one another that I don't think it really matters. Like, and then at the end of the day, we're going to still face the Celtics either way. So, (laughs) and somehow that's going to be a thing. Um, but it's fine with me. We're going to have, but that's the thing. There's always new rivalries. There's there's new things. You could have a situation where, you know, a great young player in the East might have to play a great young player in the West, you know, sooner than they would have met in the finals, you know, five years later or something like that. I think that's an an intriguing storyline. So I think I mostly agree with you though. I saw like a, 
you know, I monitor what people think, what people are saying about given topics, and I follow people from fan bases all over the league. Something so I thought many was fan bases. Something so I thought bases. was interesting was I saw some Lakers fans point out that you know part of the significance of Lakers Celtics is that oh the only God. way they're ever going to meet in the playoffs is in the finals and that it wouldn't feel the same if you know the Lakers Celtics play in round 2 and so if you extend that to you know just the eastern conference and you look at Sixers Celtics as a rivalry part of the reason that that rivalry means so much is that those teams are are and were often the biggest obstacles just to get out of the East. And it, the effect that had was that it erased a lot of great Sixers teams from history or great Celtics teams from history because they couldn't even get out of the conference. And I think that's like a powerful thing that you might lose if you're just going 1 through 16 every year. Now maybe it would end up that What if in the up, past though the two best teams were truly the Sixers and the Celtics and that we missed out on those like you know that should have been the finals or that should have been a matchup earlier. Like maybe the Lakers don't aren't deserving of the automatic walk to the championship that it got frequently in the 80s. Well, maybe they weren't, but that has happened the that has flipped now where like the Lakers had Essentially, I wouldn't call it a free walk, but a mostly free walk through a lot of the 80s outside of some challenges from uh, the Rockets at different different, points in the Two different iterations of the Rockets, yeah. Yeah, other than that, it was pretty much they were untested for a lot of that decade compared to, I mean, even let's say outside of philadelphia and boston even that bucks team in the 80s was really yeah that was there that's a forgotten team i like that team marquis johnson uh you know Sidney moncrief i think they had some talented people that would actually be might even play better in today's game right so you know i don't know i i think that's part of sports is yeah it isn't always fair and some people's legacies get erased and that's just how history shakes out maybe I guess in this way, I am kind of a boomer where I like I just do enjoy the traditional aspects of how things are set up, even if it's a little hokey in some ways. I'm not anti one through 16. And if they go that way, I agree with you. I think natural organic rivalries will spring up. I guess my concern would be so you brought up LeBron versus the Warriors, which I think absolutely was an outstanding rivalry. But like once LeBron is done, once this Warriors run is over, that rivalry is not going to have staying power. Nobody's going to look yeah, back at that. Yeah, it's all star based. Then it just you're going to have different stars have different rivalries, and they may be interconference, they may be intraconference. I just think I enjoy some of the the pageantry and the history of. And I don't disagree. I, I I think of myself as an NBA historian. I love reading, you know, my favorite thing to read, you know, no matter what genre is a nonfiction NBA history book. And, you know, I love it. I love the traditions. I probably value the Sixers Celtics rivalry more than, you know, I'm 26. Most people in our generation where they might just think of it, oh, you know, Kevin Garnett and the 2012 things, whereas I love reading about Andrew Tony and then the Celtics trading for Dennis Johnson to stop Andrew Tony. But do the kids like? Do you know what I mean like? And music and sports and movies and all these things, television. The kids are always right in the end. Do you know what I mean? Like what yeah. they want and what they think is right ultimately wins out. So if if you know the younger generation really doesn't care about this, and the next generation of wave of fans that's eventually going to be you know the next generation of journalists and bloggers and season ticket holders don't really care, 
maybe we really shouldn't care. Yeah, I, I guess maybe I feel it's our responsibility as people older than them. Then we turn into to, their boomers. Not, um, well, it's not trying to force them to like a certain thing. But for example, the reason that I grew up hating the Cowboys is because my dad emphasized the NFL's how much different. he hated the Cowboys. Well, how is it? It's still a sport. It's something that you harbor by playing the same divisions because divisions matter and you play those teams twice a year and you don't play any other teams twice per year besides those three teams. There's less of a season. It's only 16 games. I understand that part of it. But uh, all I'm saying is no, we wouldn't hate the Cowboys in Philadelphia if it wasn't something yeah, that but was it's, handed down from older people. That's but something that you like were taught to care of, about. The, yeah, but the Sixers and Suttucks could both be the two best teams in the league and make the playoffs. And like, do you know what I mean? You frequently it's just the Eagles or the Cowboys make the playoffs. Well, that's how it's shaken out. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, it's that's not like Dallas can't make the playoffs. Playing. Yeah, it's happened happened in 2017 and i think the last time it happened was in 2009 it happened maybe twice in my lifetime twice since 1995 so it's happened three times in my lifetime it's not like a common thing it's usually eagles or the cowboys you beat dallas and you you know you go five and one then you can probably win a division it's not like oh shit the sixers how many times they even play the celtics well, Six? the Sixers and Celtics haven't been both good at the same time for because it doesn't like, matter in basketball. Four decades. You know I mean, like, it's not the same. No, you're making my point for me. You're saying that they're they're not in the playoffs and good at the same time. Most of the time, neither are the Sixers and Celtics. It's but they the same have thing. been in historically. If there was like a thirty year period where they were. Yeah, in when nineteen eighty 1980 and nineteen sixty. Yeah, that's thirty years. <laughs> I'm just saying it's basically the same thing. Most of the time, it's either either the Eagles are good or the Cowboys are good. Either the Sixers are good or the Celtics are good. On the rare times that both matter, that takes the rivalry to new heights. And that's why I'm fighting for the rivalry. It's yeah, not because it's a constant. I need to go, I need to go find an apple and I need to go find an orange. And then I'm going to FaceTime you and hold them to both the fuck up. Rivalries matter to me. That's all I'm saying. All right, Seamus. Well, I, think we, let's, from, let's I think we need to hear from our, our friends <laughs> at Bet Online. Well, I, I bet you that if I told you we should seed the NFL with no conferences and that meant that the Eagles never played the Cowboys again, you would care. Yeah, what? but you schedule still based on conference. <laughs> you scheduled the NBA based on conference. You play yeah, teams think, more in your own yeah, conference. I think, yeah, I think that's totally fine because it's, a lot of it's based on travel. Uh, all right. Well, you're never going to agree with me on this, so we will uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about our sponsor. We'll be right back. So, guys, once again, I'm here to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. So visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Did you bet on the uh, the match? Whatever, the match two, whatever it's called? 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't watch a single fucking second. I don't. Of that I'm not a golf guy in the, in the slightest. I I never watched golf. I like the idea of Tiger Woods. Uh, have never played a golf round of golf in my life. But I watched. There was a lot on. I like the Peyton Manning Tom Brady rivalry. A rivalry not based in any sort of tradition, just because they had two good players and they became rivals. More of a Peyton Manning guy. I love that show. Peyton's Place is on ESPN Plus, so I watch it. But I bet on Tom Brady and Phil because they had better odds and didn't win. So, well, yeah, you know, I I would have bet on Peyton if I was a betting man, strictly on the logic that he's had more time to relax and play golf than Tom has had up to this point. But I did not waste a single second of my time on that. I'm not making fun of anybody who did because we are in desperate times in terms of content and programming right now. But I don't really love watching golf in normal Me neither, times. But there was a lot of there was a lot of chattiness that I think is missing from traditional golf. That's what I heard. I did see that Peyton. I mean, was a couple. Of e- I'm sure you saw like the clips of the Eagles. You know, yes, and Nick Foles shit. Yeah. Well, listen. I think Peyton Manning, despite the fact that he probably didn't win as much as a guy that was as good as he was should have. Um, I, I think he is a great personality like oh my he's god awesome yeah. on tv he could he do always good tv that's not even sports he could do like he could just go on good morning and he could do the straight hand route i think if you were madrashad route if you really wanted to yeah i think i i really enjoy him just as a guy obviously that seems like it came out for based on what i saw i i didn't watch any of it i must must emphasize this but the memes and the video clips and the things that made it to uh Social media, I enjoyed, and I'm glad that Peyton got the last laugh in this one because uh, never been a Brady guy personally. Nah, obviously, well, not even just the Eagles Patriots stuff. He's just such a you know the TB12 BS. I, I hate it all. Wait, by the way, uh, this reminded me. Now that Peyton Manning came up, his version of detail a hundred times better than the ones that the NBA guys have uh, done. Whether that's Kobe the, uh, or any of the other guys that have uh, put him out since yeah. then. His Wentz one against it's the it's the uh, week four game from the 2019 season where they went on uh, to Green Bay on Thursday night football on one he did one on Wentz it was really really informative it's he's just he's just a great personality and obviously has a you know close to unrivaled football mind yeah he's he's exceptional at, at that so I would like to see I will consume more Peyton Manning content I will I'll put it that way absolutely uh, back on back on brand here. Another idea that's been floated, I believe most prominently by the ringers, Kevin O'Connor. And I, I think he... Kevin O'Bomber. I think he reported that this was something that the league has uh, in different forms talked about. But yeah. the idea of a group stage round robin type format to open the playoffs. And, and so I'll, I'll do my best here to describe it. For those of you who haven't read the article or or seen this discussed anywhere else, essentially you would take 20 teams and you would take four teams for five different tiers. So the tier one, for example, would be the teams with the four best records. Right now that would be Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers. And so they none of those teams could be put into the same group together. You go through each tier of four teams through five tiers and you you know you would have some sort of lottery system and distribute the teams so that they end up in groups of five. You would play eight games in each group 
and the top two teams would move on from each group. And so it would give the teams in the top tiers the advantage of not having to play the other top teams. That's obviously a little bit of incentive uh, for teams that are losing home court advantage because of everything that's happening right that now. That really screws the Sixers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> for those home games, they would have got a dub. Yeah. Um, it allows more teams to be included, which that helps with the teams that are fringe Western Conference playoff teams that, based on these current circumstances, were not going to be able to fight for a, a playoff spot over the Grizzlies, who I believe are the current eight seed out West. And it's also just something that adds multiple layers of intrigue first with the I, you would probably do a selection show would be amazing mm. would get like crazy ratings i'm sure and then on top of that show. that's the eight games for each group that's given you a ton of material to work with over what i would imagine would be a several week span so i guess seamus what are your thoughts on it as a general idea and how do you see that impacting the sixers compared to you know like a a normal format or even the one through 16 idea i don't like it i love it i just like just like (laughs) the situation the situation this season has just had already a crazy unprecedented you know once in a generation once in a lifetime event thrown into it and this there's this gigantic hiccup so why not try something different if it fails if it fails you're just like well it was the quarantine year it was the covid year you know, we had to try something different because it wasn't going to work out. And if it works out, you might have an entire change to the basketball ecosystem as we know it. It's If there's ever a time they're going to be experiment with how we conduct basketball, if we want to change the idea of playoff basketball, people are think that's kind of stale. And I think, you know, the first and even second round of the NBA playoffs have grown pretty stale. And, you know, this is the thing going on a couple of decades now. This is the perfect time to try something different. And I just say that as, you know, from a pure basketball frame perspective, as, you know, a Sixers agnostic perspective. But even more so, um, for this specific season, at least, I like it for the Sixers. I don't want, you know, I'm kind of pro having them avoid, you know, having to face Boston in the first round. It just feels like I'm not ready for that type of mental anguish, and I just would rather prefer to avoid it. Uh, we could discuss Kevin O'Connor's proposed bracket, uh, where the Sixers are a tier three team. So they would play one team from Tier 1, which is the Bucks, uh, one team from Tier 2, which could be the Jazz, one team from Tier 4, which could be the Grizzlies, and then one team from Tier 5, which could be the Blazers. And I think that's a great draw for them. You know, I like their odds against the Bucks surprisingly, more than their odds for the other three Tier 1 teams, the Lakers, Raptors, and the Clippers. Uh, I, le- I think they play Utah pretty well, and I like the narrative there with the Rudy Gobert, Joel, Donovan Mitchell, Ben stuff. I think that's pretty entertaining. And then, you know, I think they could beat the crap out of the Grizzlies and... You know, maybe Dame goes off, or maybe the Sixers beat off the Blazers inside. I think if we get that specific draw, it could really be good for them. Though, uh, you could probably talk about this a little bit more and talking with some of my friends who are, you know, bigger soccer fans than I am and probably close to your level, is that the U.S. are in that Team USA mold where they're either the shittiest good team or the best bad team and kind of are in that middle ground because the Sixers are like the top tier three teams so they're not quite tier two but they're not as bad as tier four and they're just kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit it depends on who they draw obviously but that's that's the i guess the flip side that's the concern with something like this where they could get you know into a world cup-esque group of death and we just say all the league fucking hates philly and do our host spiel like that right so here's the flip side of that you named the 
the bracket as KOC had it shaking out. And it could change Enough, that. It could be totally different. It could be totally different. And just as an example, using the same tiers that he used, they could end up in a group where they would play the Lakers, Celtics, Mavericks, and let's just say the Pelicans, even though I'd like, well, I think that's they would the handle the Pelicans. Over. But saying you would have to play the Lakers and Celtics and then Luka Doncic just to get out of the first round, that's not a lot of fun. That's a lot of tough competition teams that have given them problems at different times this year. Uh, so, again, it all depends on the draw. And I think that's that's part of the intrigue of going to a format like this. I personally would be more inclined to do 1 through 16 over this because I, I think, you know, you brought up, Seamus, that part of this is – well, this season's already screwed up anyway, so let's. who cares? We don't need to worry about asterisks or whatever else. We just have to find a way to finish the season. What I would be trying to accomplish is, yes, you want to accomplish the season, but you also want to experiment with something that maybe you might actually go to in the future. I don't think the NBA is ever realistically going to go to a World Cup-style playoff every year. That doesn't seem realistic. I do think that 1 through 16 is something that's gotten a lot of traction and has already generated a lot of discussion, not just on the outside and publicly, but something that's been discussed internally, certainly by owners around the Western Conference that are sick of getting boxed out by shitty teams like the Orlando Magic or, or like the Brooklyn Nets in previous years. So that's where I would say I support 1 through 16 more. I think this would obviously would be a ton of fun because I think the Absolutely. the group play format, every, every World Cup and Champions League, all that, there's all kinds of intrigue every time uh, unfortunately unlike in champions league you wouldn't be getting the environment of going for a one game in a hostile road environment because if you had a group stage format that was actually like a normal nba setting and you're like let's say we, they had the group of death that we discussed let's say they had to go to la for a game then to boston for a game and like all these teams have to come for Phil to Philly for one game, and maybe there's just one game between Boston and Philly that's going to decide whether one team moves on or not. That would be great theater because that's like the hottest ticket that you could put. It's sure. essentially like a game seven, and the environment around that would be crazy. So that, like, I, I think the drama and the pageantry and all that, all the stuff that I talked about caring about, I think you can replicate that in a a group play format. I think it's something that might draw in uh, casual fans or maybe Absolutely. even people that aren't necessarily diehard, not even necessarily basketball fans are just interested in them doing something new. But at the same time, I do think that there's such a thirst for sports right now that no matter what you're going to do, people are going to turn in and watch this. And I think to circle back to Earlier in the conversation, I think the match between Brady and Manning, Tiger, and Phil kind of proves that. Because even that was a, a ratings juggernaut. Would you be okay losing the Jazz-Rockets rivalry? <laughs> so, I have to say, I have enjoyed Rudy Gobert being turned into a pumpkin every year by the Rockets. Well, I'm even going just... back to like <laughs> 95, 96, 97. I, we don't even need to go back that far. Yes, those years were great, but 
mostly the Jazz won. At least they got to the finals in the years that people think Count actually mattered. Because for whatever reason, those Rockets titles are essentially treated like they never happened because of... Jordan was uh, there the one year. <laughs> he was. He did still have all his like baseball muscle um, on his yeah, however he, you want to... He was still steroided up a little bit. I love the uh, the part of Last Dance where they talk about that. Like, yes, you do have to train different muscles, and yes, maybe Michael Jordan wasn't an optimal basketball shape. Come the fuck down. He's supposed to be the best basketball player of all time. If you look at his numbers in that Magic series, he still put up like 31, 5, 6 or something ridiculous. So, I, I, look, I, I don't think it's an excuse for why they lost that year. I think it would have been very difficult for Michael Jordan to win eight consecutive titles. I don't think that's that much of a hot take. Looking at a minimum eight, Pete, as they would say <laughs> on SNL. But, yeah, so I, I, I like – I think it's an intriguing idea, and I'm sure it's one of those things that a lot of fans and, and even media members are going to advocate for. I just think that they would be better served – if they're going to change the format at all to experiment with something that maybe they're considering changing for the long term of the league, just to see how that shakes out and see how people respond to it. Yeah. Cause you think like the one through 16, uh, no conference thing is probably more realistic as yeah. a future thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand your perspective. I'm not criticizing. Just asking. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that is something that's closer to being made reality. And so that if you're going to mess with it at all, at least mess with it in a way that gives you a starting point for the future. Because, look, do you think it's at all realistic to think that the league will just permanently transition to group stage round one? Is that something the NBA would ever do? It goes really well. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I, don't I mean, know, what if man. it's just the ratings bonanza? Maybe, but I think anything's going to be a ratings bonanza right now, personally. I don't know. Um, speaking of bonanzas, I don't know if this is actually a bonanza. This is probably a a terrible thing. Uh, we are now moving on to Seamus's favorite segment of the week this week. The Rudy Gobert Loser of the Week Award. I believe Seamus has a nominee for us, and I don't think I will disagree with him that much, so take it away, my friend. And this is one of the Loser of the Weeks. I wish I didn't have to give out this award. You know what I mean? Like I like I usually really enjoy this, and I told people later on because, you know, still listen to it because I think it's important. Uh, loser of the Week is Michael Porter Jr. for telling people on Twitter to, play, to pray for the police officers who killed... Uh, what is that guy's first name? His last name is Floyd. George Floyd. George Floyd in Minneapolis. Embarrassing. It was the first time he tweeted since Valentine's Day, and he went like on a four or five tweet spree about this. And it's just like, read the fucking room, dude. Listen, have a sense of self awareness. Have a sense of decency. I say this with all sensitivity for people who are devout Christians and whatever. Hindu, Buddhist, Islam, and whatever re- religion you practice, I get that that brings people comfort and people process tragedy differently. But not a time where you need to be offering prayers to the people who perpetrated a heinous act. Like you can pray for people that are impacted by things and look out for your neighbor and all the things that every religious text in the world teaches you. But when a, an innocent person is murdered by police in plain sight 
and that's the best you got is to offer prayers for the officers that's uh not something i'm going to get down with anytime soon so you know my message here would be to look out for everyone people of color in your community people from different backgrounds your own friends family check on people and don't say dumb shit in the aftermath of a tragedy that's the real takeaway here for me yeah it's embarrassing yeah i was never a fan of michael porter jr and then he had to uh make me like him even less so <laughs> that is the quintessential loser of the week he's like a tr- not he's a not a loser of the week he's just a true flat out loser yeah listen man like i said i get that people turn to their faith for uh, which i respect but like you have to read the room yeah I, I don't and here's the other thing i don't think he I think he thought he was trying to help. I don't think it was like a malicious... He was malicious, trying to do like a play both sides, you know what I mean, like type thing. Yeah, I don't... And th- see, here's the thing. I don't know that it's like a you got to hear both sides thing because he did tweet earlier before that that it was murder what happened to George Floyd. So he obviously was not like trying to excuse what they did. I just think there are people... And this is not just religious people. I think there are people who believe that prayer is a substitute for action. And I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. I think there are, and you can apply this to politicians in our country and around the world that, you know, obviously it's now turned into a meme, the whole idea of thoughts and prayers. And I think the reason that people get so mad when they hear that, rightfully so, is because too often it's only thoughts and prayers you obviously can offer you know guidance and spiritual strength to people in times of crisis and that's okay but if you're not also willing to do the work that is involved to make your community your city your state your country your world a better place then ultimately those are hollow prayers that nobody needs and so my my message would be to try to back up your prayers with with action. something with action and, and something that's meant to make the world a better place not just for yourself but, but a lot of other people so i'm gonna end it on that note and, that's a uh, poignant and notes end on kyle so hopefully seamus gets a uh, a tan at the beach yeah, this the week. weather the weather's shit i'm just kind of going down here to relax and just you know, deconnect from the city for a little bit. They're in those one of those little developments, and you know, gonna gonna have some. I'm gonna work from home tomorrow and Friday, and then you know, have some drinks and enjoy myself, and you know, take out the ocean, check out the ocean breeze. Hey, by the way, before we sign off here, the Roy Halladay documentary is dropping on Friday night, and I actually got a screener for it this week. It's looking pretty good. So seems like it, there is some. Uh, uh, serious content out there for meaning like you know grave content for people just a heads up for people who are watching it from yeah a lot of a, uh, a look dark, into Roy Halliday behind the scenes that I didn't know we were going to get this soon and uh, I would recommend it and if you're not doing that I hope you guys are all staying safe healthy regardless and uh, we will talk to you again next week yeah hopefully we have some more concrete NBA news for them We shall see. See you, buddy. See ya.
For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.